Hey guys, welcome or welcome back to my podcast. Today I'll be interviewing Luna from China and just about her life experiences in general. And she's actually a university student in the UK right now. And yeah, let's just get it started. Hello everyone, today I am here with Luna. And I met her when I when both of us lived in、uh, Dongguan, China. And yeah, Luna, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, hi, my name is Luna.、Um, I am,、uh, this is gonna be relevant. I am half Chinese, half Italian. And today I think I'll be talking about China and its politics.、Um, but、um, right now I am in the UK, specifically Edinburgh,、um, doing university. I major in English literature.、Um, and Mm, yeah, it's going really well. It's, it's going good. Do you want to talk about your experiences living abroad, like where you've lived in and like what countries and just, yeah. Yeah, definitely.、Um, so I mostly grew up in China. So for the first 15, 16, years of my life, I've lived there, but.、Um, We used to always go back to Italy for the holidays、um, since my dad is from Italy. And we would go back to my grandparents' house and we'd live there for like a month or two. And living abroad, I have also lived in Italy after moving out of China for、mm-hmm. a year or two、um, to finish like my last year of high school. And now I'm in the UK. And yeah, that's, that's it. So, you said you lived in China for your majority of your life.、Uh, what do you think your country is best known for? What do you think China is like recognized internationally?、Mm. Well, okay. You can look at that from, I guess, a cultural aspect perspective. That would be like.、Um, A lot of things.、Um, our food,、um, Chinese, Chinese food, food yeah. has yeah, become a big thing in, internationally in the West, whatever.、Um, we have, you know,、um, what are other things?、Um, Literally, why can I only think of stereotypes right now? Like pandas.、Uh, why? I don't know. But yeah, the food,、um, our culture,、um, everyone, I guess, knows a little about, I don't know, our festivals like Chinese New Year. It's pretty well known. Oh, and also, like,、mm, impacts seen in the West a lot are like Chinatowns, where you go and you see a lot about. What, what we you see, what we wear, what we eat, what we you know do. Yeah, there's actually a Chinatown that's like pretty、uh, close to Tokyo, even in Wait, Japan. In, yeah. in Japan? Yeah.、Oh, And they sell、so、a lot of. Like China. China is like so close to Japan. So it's like. That's、wow. true. But yeah, they have like a lot of really good food and like. How do you say? Like architecture and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so you've、um, told us that you've lived in、uh, China, but then you've also lived in、uh, Italy and UK.、Uh, how does China's、uh, living condition differ from those other two countries that you've lived in, if there's any major differences? 
Oh, definitely. So growing up in China, I grew up in、um, Dongguan, which is a very like industrialized and pretty developed. So we would have like like infrastructures that are pretty developed, and I would say are. A bit more efficient than the ones I've experienced so far, especially in Italy, but also in the UK. And a big thing is definitely the cost of living. It's well, most people know this, but it costs a lot less to live in China, a lot less to live in like I guess East Asia in general. And since my city wasn't like a major city, it really did cost a lot. Less to get around, to go out eat, to buy basic things, and because of that, you could, in a way, like do a lot more with the money, with the same amount of money, like you have. And yeah, do you think the cost of living is a lot more expensive now that you're in England? Yeah, definitely. Like,、mm. also. Yeah, in terms of like buying things, you kind of don't need, like you know, just buying things for fun.、Um, in China, like things were really cheap to buy, and、um, we have like Chinese Amazon, which is Taobao, and you can、mm-hmm. find like everything on there for cheap prices. So that well, that really con-、um, fuels consumer consumerism in China, and like people would just buy things on whims. But like here, a lot more. Things are a lot more expensive, and、uh, I find myself reflecting a lot more on the things I buy, and、um, talking with my other Chinese friends who have grown up in China. They、um, their experiences like reflect mine. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like also in China, the fact that it's a lot easier to pay cashless. I remember using WeChat Pay everywhere,、yeah. and you didn't need to bring cash around because you could just, you know, scan QR codes and pay everything. Yeah, it was actually like one of the cultural shocks I experienced、mm-hmm. when I went to Italy. Well, not a shock, but it was a, it was you know a difference. I literally、mm-hmm. forgot to like bring money like multiple times because I was like, oh, money is in my phone. And it turns out no money is not in my phone, and I didn't have a wallet the whole year because I never had a wallet. So I would just carry my money around in like this tiny sack, <laughs> which was funny. But yeah, yeah, I can honestly relate with that. Like when I moved back to Japan, I was just like, why are people using coins and you know paper money yeah,、right. when you could just use your phone like in China? But yeah, the currency、yeah. system is definitely very developed in China. I mean, it's not all good, you know, because、That's、it places、true. a lot of control into like, not even the government, but like corporations. Like in China, it was like WeChat,、mm-hmm. and they have like a lot of power because of that. Like with cash, it's you know, it's an it's something you just it's physical. You can exchange it with like different people. Obviously, economics and all that.、That's、I don't true, really understand、yeah. too much the details, but. It's it's got its drawbacks as well. Yeah, and as you said, I feel like it really, how do you say, it, propels people's consumerism, and people tend to just、yeah. buy things a lot more often, whether for the good or the bad. You know, yeah. Exactly. Okay, 
Thank you. And moving on to the next question, what is one thing you wish you could change about your country? This can be quite literally anything. Just one thing you could, you wish you could change about China. Well, there's a lot of things I wish I could change about China. But if we're just talking about one thing, well, we can stay on like consumerism. I really do not like how consumeristic China as a society is, and I feel like this really. Like this is really separate from like the other aspects of China that people mostly know it for. Like politically, you know, it's bad. We need to change things about that politically. Like, and also socially, like it's a lot less progressive. But consumerism is like its own thing that、mm-hmm. I feel like is a bit different because,、um, as we know, like a lot of things are produced in China, and which which is. A reason why like prices are so much more reduced, like it's literally crazy how cheap things can get.、Um, and so, really, a lot of people、um, do not see a reason to you know stop buying. And you know, especially with young people and trends and all that. Obviously, you want to hop on those trends and you want to you know fit in, get with the times. As they say, but、um, when like there's not that much of an economic factor like barring you from de- doing that, so why wouldn't you, you know, buy all the trendy, nice things that make your life easier?、Um, <clears throat> but also, I feel like、um, this is like more social, but on a like social level, China has a lot more new wealth, like unlike a lot of.、Um, Like Western countries, where like rich people are, you know, generational wealth. Like especially in Europe, like、mm-hmm. there'd be families like multiple generations deep. And then so, people obviously who have who have always been rich kind of know how to spend their money. But like in、mm-hmm. China, there's a big thing about like showmanship、mm-hmm. and like buying things that you don't necessarily want, but just. To show off, and、mm. it's a it's a big like cultural aspect in China, and that also leads back to consumerism, and you know propelling that. And also, we have a giant middle class, which is a bit of a problem, you know.、Mm-hmm. And also, and also another factor that fuels it is um like I feel like in general education doesn't really teach you much about、mm-hmm. um eco. Being ecological and all that in China, so yeah. I see. It's interesting to see how you focused on consumerism because, as you said, I feel like not many people living outside of China would know about this issue. You、yeah. know, unless you experience it firsthand. And there's definitely this like dilemma between like economic development and you know urging people to consume more as well as. Like the environmental aspect, as you said, because there's definitely like downsides to、uh, increased consumerism. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so now that you've brought up a lot of like the social factors and the political factors, I want to move on to the next question, which is、uh, the election laws in your country.、Uh, okay. Would you like to explain any basic political situation in China? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure everyone is aware of this, but actually I'm not sure everyone is aware of this. But、mm-hmm. 
basically the average citizen does not get to vote um and um so it's not a voting democratic system in china politically um and what we have is like these very opaque systems and like people who work for the government and like in the inner circles in their own communes and whatever they get to vote but the average citizen does not get any say in that and basically all political workings who goes in what job whatever is very like opaque like there is no transparency we don't really know what's going on and even if we do somehow like we don't really have a say um and in terms of like presidency uh we're supposed to have like presidents have terms right um and I'm, i forgot but uh i think each term i forgot how many years is is a term but basically i think presidents are allowed to serve a maximum of two terms mm-hmm. and um right now our political system has kind of been broken you know mm-hmm. um by xi jinping because he's surpassed that um he's um not respecting that uh, rule um and so i guess now our president gets to rule for life which is great i just did like a quick google search and it said in 2018 oh, no is it all uh, wrong cuz no, yeah. no 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 in 2018 basically uh president xi jinping he uh abolished like the term the two term rule that you were just talking about yeah. and yeah as you said he is still the ruling the prominent ruling, ruling leader of the country and yeah, yeah. and it's really a big like the average citizen really does not think about politics in terms mm-hmm. of like our political system the most they would think about is like in terms of nationalism and china's competition with like internationally and with other countries like if you talk politics it would be about china's versus other countries not like how china works within itself mostly because basically you're not allowed to talk about that you get censored so I see. So you wouldn't really say that the citizens are politically aware of what is going on or is it more like people can't really there, there's like no way for people people to be aware because of as you said this lack of transparency. Yeah. Yeah, the second. Okay. How do you think you can kind of like how do you say urge political discussions in china if that's uh possible if there's any way oh my god um <clears throat> this is something like i feel like some people especially chinese people abroad are kind of passionate about because it's sad because there's not really a way um because of the heavy censorship like it's just the system is is really it's really um authoritarian dictatorial um there is like sometimes first of all because there's no political awareness it's hard to like start that's like mm-hmm. have 
like a seed and have this discussion take roots like where do you start um people aren't even aware that you could be talking about this and like in the instance where there is a motivating factor they're often i don't know through um like wage inequality or for example covid recently um oh yeah and the like absurd restrictions we've had um well even when there is like this motivating factor um discussion gets like repressed really quickly like even when we had this like unprecedented wave of like riots and not even riots just protests like peaceful protesting um they just get shut down like the media like if you try to put it on social media they get taken down um very like very fast and people know about censorship like on um like chinese twitter like if you talk of if you during that period if you said like certain keywords your account would be suspended and so since there's already this like atmosphere of basically fear of censorship um even people driven to like their most like most extreme circumstances um still don't really have like um a way to express themselves and mm-hmm. at least express themselves um functionally effectively they ju- it just gets repressed and like buried within the archives Yes. I remember seeing the zero covid policy news about China and how people protested using the white A4 paper and yeah, A4 yeah putting probably. it up. <clears throat> But then the government did in fact uh how do you say lift uh some restrictions regarding uh the zero covid policy, right? Yeah. So would you say that this is kind of like a rare moment for the government to be listening to the citizens or not really because actually actually it's it's kind of sad um because the lifting of the restrictions marked the end of these protests mm-hmm. and because as we said there's not really a political large scale political awareness um people aren't when they were protesting they mostly weren't addressing the deeply rooted problems that led to the living circumstances and you know zero covid restrictions that actually affect their lives they were only like they were only um protesting these the effects themselves which doesn't address anything you know and because of that like the rev- like the protests could have been but like if they have continued there could have been some kind of like there could have been more change you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. so far this has not brought any political change it has mm-hmm. not brought like, more human rights it has not like moved us for- forward politically so it's more of a like you know concession in- and um it feels like more like conciliatory like Here you go. Stop protesting. We're not going to change but you can have this. And also anyways like people are saying that it was also lifted because zero um covid was not working and the government couldn't really like hold it together 
any longer and so they were gonna like start lifting restrictions anyways so yeah i see so you see this like government action as more of just like suppressing those uh rebellions rather than making actual political reforms that are that you think are necessary in china Mm. definitely yeah sad so yeah since you live abroad and you have had a lot of experiences uh living abroad and having just like you know a more international open-minded mindset do you think that's kind of like shaped your perspective differently into how you look at uh the political situation in china yeah definitely i obviously i knew like to a certain extent what was going on when i was living in china um like i remember like one specific instance is like the uyghur genocide this ethnic muslim people that live in xinjiang that were like getting genocided and putting in you know re-education camps like i remember during that period basically most people who were like on like western internet let's say or like people who yeah people who weren't chinese let's say Mm -hmm. um basically knew about what was happening but Mm -hmm. i remember that i was really shocked and scared and it like shocked me for a moment because I realized my friends, like my Chinese friends, didn't know what was going on. And they were like actually spreading, like helping spread the propaganda against the Uyghur people. And it just made me realize like how powerful it was. Like my friends who also went to an international school, they were also like ignorant. They were completely, Mm -hmm. they completely did not know the truth of what's going on. And um, so like in China, like, that just shows like how deeply the system represses like within China even if you're like in an international school surrounded by like international people educators whatever so like when I came came out came uh left China mm-hmm. um um like it was when like discussions could really be held like mm-hmm. I would like we would talk about these problems with uh my friends like in Italy and you could just talk about it and um that's like a main way information is spread you know so yeah definitely I became so much more politically aware after I left I see so you feel like how do you say you have been able to hold more discussions regarding uh the political situation of China and the world after you've stepped outside of China you feel like there's more freedom yeah but also because there's more people who know about it that you can talk with like back in china if you don't have anyone to talk with then it's like hard to form ideas Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely agree with you i feel like if you live in one country or just like one place in general you know for too long you tend to surround yourself with people who hold very similar beliefs or share you know same the same perspective as you and your discussions uh inevitably inevitably they get narrower and yeah i feel like definitely like the opportunity that both of us have had to like live abroad and like change our locations pretty frequently does actually help us widen our perspective and make us more of how do you say globally aware of everything that is going on 
I totally agree. Okay, let me move on to the next question, which is, what do you think is the major obstacle that your country is facing politically? I feel like you've briefly mentioned this in the previous question, but if you want to reiterate or add anything or just bring up a new discussion, feel free. Well, yeah, as I said, it's mainly like it all stems from the authoritarian no authoritarianism that we have going on um the fact that there is no political awareness there is no no like yeah political base um and censorship in general which is like a significant block is a significant barrier And it's really sad because you can't really you can't really just like think of a you know solution to something like that. So yeah, yeah. I feel like it's yeah since it's kind of like a built-in barrier. It's not about making the citizens more politically aware, but it's more about yeah. changing the inherent underlying system that is going on in your country. And as you said, it's not something that can be changed. Overnight, or even just by you know one single person. Uh, yeah, and I would, I would, I would honestly love to see. Like, I would. It would be so. It would be so cool if we had human rights. <laughs> no, <laughs> it would be. It would be really interesting because generally, like our generation, you know, with every new generation brings new changes. But I see mm-hmm. like our generation, even in China, like becoming a lot more progressive. Like ideas wise, like in terms of acceptance and all that. So um, I can't say I'm hopeful, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that like age is a huge factor that plays a role in people's political beliefs? Do you think different age groups and generations have different uh, views on politics in China? I mean, like once again, you can't really say politics isn't a defined thing in China. So, like maybe in terms of like, I don't know, like progressive views, like you could call them that. Like, uh, yeah, progressive views. There is a big difference, mm-hmm. but um, but like, oh, it's really dependent on like the city, um. The city you live in, in bigger cities, it's a lot more. It's not, yeah, it's a lot more open. But like, if you go to like villages and all that, it's rural rural areas. It's a,、uh, it's really bad. And also in China in general, like the family system is a lot more strict, and、um, yeah, like parents are a lot more strict. So even if like we do have more progressive ideas, it's hard to like be able to enact them.、Mm. So yeah, parents' beliefs play like a huge role in terms of how like they raise their children and stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I see. So their opinions and beliefs tend to get reflected to those of like the future generations of children. Yes, they do. But like, there are external factors. I mean, like, I feel like.、Um, What I'm trying to say is like a lot of a lot of the younger generations do have like newer or progressive ideas. It's just hard for them to like enact them, you know.、Mm. Like even if they do think like、um, 
at all and going out is fine um or like um dating like i don't know premarital sex let's say for example is okay like parents are really strict about and controlling mm. so it's hard for them to yeah to do what they want yeah. but that's a big generalization obviously it's like depends on the family yeah i guess yeah cultural i guess yeah cultural aspects such as yeah familiar roles they do also play a role in how people view those social socio-political factors as you mentioned yeah that's right yeah okay uh thank you for answering all the questions uh these were all the questions that i was i was gonna ask you but is there anything else you want to add on or any further comments you want to make any further discussions you want to yeah start no i mean i feel like we covered i i feel like i felt like the questions covered like a broad spectrum of you know social political even economic factors that's nice Again, thank you so much for uh, joining with us and providing an authentic view of uh, how it how it's like to live in China, and as well as your uh, international viewpoint in terms of how you view China uh, socio politically. And yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Last thing I want to add is that obviously this is just my own personal experience. I have a lot of friends who have like different experiences from mine. They might disagree they might agree whatever and obviously it's not all just bad disclaimer i tend to focus on the negatives because i'm very passionate about this but yeah yeah i think that was an important disclaimer this is just yeah luna her own experiences (laughs) and her perspectives and her discussions and Yeah. yeah but yeah it was really insightful to hear your uh your opinions and your experiences and yeah again thank you so much for answering all the questions and engaging with this interview today yeah thank you so much for having me this is really fun um no problem and yeah thank you all for listening and i hope you come back for the next episode thank you and please do come back this is so interesting (laughs) bye